As the world heads into uncharted territory, business leaders are seeking perspective. The What Now, What Next podcast series features KPMG advisors addressing the issues that are of most concern now and in the near future. Today, I'd like to introduce Sue King, who will be speaking with us about how the SOCS function can add value to organizations during COVID-19. Sue is a partner here at KPMG and is the SOC solution lead for our advisory practice. Over the past few weeks, as we've sought to come to terms with COVID-19, we've all become well acquainted with the word unprecedented. We've used it to refer to things like the unprecedented levels of disruption to our normal lives and the unprecedented numbers of parents who become teachers while their kids are at home. And if that weren't enough, when you add in the new remote work situations and workforce disruptions and the possibility of a global recession, what we have is a perfect storm. And in the middle of the storm, it can sometimes be difficult to discern between what's urgent and what's important. And this is particularly significant when we talk about SOX compliance. And so, Sue, as we begin our conversation today, I'd like to start by asking, what are you seeing in the market in regard to SOX and internal controls? I know this is an important focus area within organizations, and since you're on the front lines, I'm curious if you can share a little bit of what your perspective is. Thanks so much. Yeah, glad to be here and to be able to share those. So I think the biggest thing is that these turbulent times or these unprecedented times that you talked about really provide an opportunity for the SOX function to show that they can be value-added and really provide guidance to the organization on practical ways to modify control procedures. And I think that it's important for the SOX function as control experts to really be proactive in their involvement in helping with the redesign of controls and really thinking through modifying complexities to be reactive to the fluid business situation that we're involved in right now. So the SOX function should offer guidance on the specific risks that the controls are intended to mitigate and practical ways that the design or the execution of those controls can be modified. I think quite often the SOX function is seen as being the organization that, gosh, you're telling me I have to do X, Y, and Z, and really helping the control owners or the organization think about what are the risks that we're really trying to mitigate. And then once you've identified the risk, then it becomes much easier to pivot what are the control activities you can execute. Well, let's camp out here for a moment. When you talk about the control and process modifications, what are some of the things that organizations need to be thinking through? So if they haven't already, organizations really need to be thinking through the potential control and process modifications that are going to happen. And we all certainly realize that we're living in a little bit of, as I like to say, kind of whack-a-mole. Every day is a little bit different. So as that happens, following things to think about related to SOX compliance. So the first one is documentation of control and process changes. It's really important to try to monitor any of the changes that are being made to the control activities, possibly make sure that those changes are being approved, and make sure that you've got an inventory of any of those changes. Some of the best practices I've seen is creating a log to note the date that the process has changed, so whether that's the nature of the change, so for example, a change in the control owner, a change in system access, a change in documentation format, a change in review limit, and really make sure that you've got a log of when those processes change, so that then as you come back and try and do some testing later in the year, you really got a good map of when some of those things changed. Second thing to think about is think about segregation of duty implications. So 
I think as, as organizations are dealing with individuals or groups or locations not being able to perform certain tasks, then what we're seeing is the ownership of activities and controls is being reallocated. So that means that you end up with segregation of duties implications. And while that certainly might be fine in the short term, just making sure that you're keeping track of those so that you can think about is there perhaps an additional review that needs to be added on the end to compensate for some of the segregation of duty conflicts. Another one would be the some access and user privilege control implications. And so I know that we are dealing in emergency type situation, but it is important to make sure that those access rights are still approved and that you've got a log of what are all those additional access rights that were provisioned so that then after we return to normal, whatever the new normal is, then you can make sure that you've revoked some of those additional access rights were issued at a time when you were having additional personnel who were taking on some of those control activities. So we've got documenting control and process changes, along with implications around segregation of duties and access rights. Is there anything else our listeners should also consider? Yeah, there's a couple of others to think about. One is about the documentation format thinking about if some of these reviews or the way controls are executed has changed from being manual, but now is being converted to be completed electronically, then think about, okay, well, how are we going to change how the evidence of review is going to be captured? I certainly know there are many people who still were manually reviewing hard copy documentation. So really thinking about how is that documentation format going to change? And again, making sure you roll that through how the control is designed and executed. The other one really related to that is then the retention of evidence. So I think there are some people who are saying, well, I'm still, still going to do this review manually. I printed it out. I've still kept all of my manual annotations or review marks. But then we've got to make sure that once we do go back into the office environment, that we make sure that those manual control evidence, that that makes it back into the office and into the normal filing and retention processes that you have in place. Thank you for that, Sue. Your guidance on how to mitigate risks and the practical ways of modifying controls to accommodate changes during this season is helpful. So let's pivot now from processes to people. Can you walk us through how people are responding? And as they respond, are you seeing critical SOX control areas that might need a little bit of additional attention? Many people are in the midst right now of their Q1 close, really thinking about what is the impact, not only from a process perspective, but also in terms of the actual numbers and what are the activities that we're seeing. Any of you that have heard me speak before know that one of my favorite topics to talk about is making sure that everybody's really focused on estimates and reserves. And I think that in this business environment, we really need to look at that. And I think when you look at the speed with which business environment is changing, that means we've really got to go back and look at all of the estimates and look at the rationale for estimates and reserves and think about how are we going to support all of those. Like every assumption that we have had historically, you need to revisit, and we need to make sure that all of those assumptions and reserves are supported by data. So, for example, when you think about something like a bad debt reserve, really thinking about well, does aging invoices, does that mean that I need to have a higher reserve or is that just because companies are having a slowdown in their cash availability and or their ability to be able to issue checks? So really even something is that relatively, it usually is relatively formulaic around bad debt calculations, is really got to revisit that. And like I say, really the biggest message being to make sure that all of those assumptions are really supported by data 
so that then as you go through the proxy controls and then your auditors go through and take a look at it, that you've got good support for those changes and assumptions and that rationale. Again, another area that I've talked a lot about is the focus on controls around price and quantity. So I think everybody knows that PCOB has really been focused on revenue. That is one of the higher risk areas for many companies, and really making sure that companies have got good controls around price and quantity. So if you think about that in the context of today's environment, I think as companies and their customers contemplate significant change in their economic outlook, we're seeing a lot of discussions about discounts, changes to payment terms, and so on. So I think it's really important to think through what is the governance, what are the controls around making those types of modifications, how are they being approved, and how are those being communicated throughout the organization. As we know, a lot of times the auditors are asking those questions about who and how can you make changes to price and quantity, and so I really think that's an area we need to revisit. The final area, just as we think about how do we respond to this, is another favorite topic of mine, the whole significant and unusual transaction area. Again, in these unusual times, we're seeing a lot of unusual transactions, things like discontinuation of operations, sale or closure of certain business lines, renegotiation of debt covenants, renegotiation of lease negotiations, as well as the receipt of some of the federal aid that's coming out through the CARES Act. So lots of really unusual transactions that companies don't have a defined process for, or it might be a while since they took a look at that. So really making sure that not only are you getting the accounting right for all of those, but really having to think through what are the processes and controls we need to have in place around those and make sure we've got the right documentation around them. Sue, I remember talking with you on a previous podcast, and you mentioned that in normal circumstances, you find that organizations are oftentimes just focused on how to do their stocks program cheaper. And because of this, programs run the risk of becoming stale, which means they're not providing the guidance and the value that organizations need. So while that's a possible outcome during the best of times, what kinds of outcomes are you seeing during these times? I think this is a great question, and this goes back to my opening comment about really making sure that the SOX function takes the opportunity to be seen as being value-add. And I think the key in this time is agility and really making sure that the SOX function and the controls are able to pivot to help the organization during this time. I know that a lot of times when I talk to organizations, they talk about the SOX or internal audit function being the department of no. Uh, No, you can't make this change. No, you can't have that control this way. I really think that this is the time to change that perception, making the comments about really helping control owners and process owners understand what is the risk we're trying to get to so that you can then pivot what is the control activity? Whereas I think really the more that you dig your heels in and say, no, we've got to do this control activity, I think that's not helpful to the overall organization. I know that as I say that, there are some people who will come back and say, well, but gosh, if you're more involved in the design or execution of the control, what does that do to your three lines of defense and your independence? And I think that ultimately, you're there to provide guidance. The control and process owners are going to have the final say in how the control is executed. And I think that it really is helping the organization right now think through how do we pivot the control. And ultimately, since we're relatively early in the year for the majority of organizations, if you do end up with any potential independence concerns, you've certainly got time to remediate that. First and foremost is really the focus on 
how can the SOX function be agile and help the overall organization be agile to maintain a good control environment, but also to be responsive to these unusual times. I'll certainly look forward to hearing back from you post-COVID-19 and asking the question about how successful SOX functions are in changing that perception about being the department of no. But as we wrap up, one of the most important questions we ask on this series of COVID podcasts is whether you have tips for our listeners. We will weather this storm and come out on the other side, but there will be other storms. So how can organizations create a culture of readiness and resilience for the future? I think there's lots of impact as we think about the execution of the company's stocks program, but here are a few things that I think that you should definitely think about. I think first is to think about materiality. You know, there is no doubt that the overall materiality of business units or respective different locations may change significantly with the impact of COVID-19. Going back and looking at materiality, I think we all certainly know that from a audit scope perspective, you're better off making a really big profit or a really big loss. And ending up at that break-even point means that pretty much everything is materiality. So the first thing would be to keep your eye on materiality. The second thing would be thinking about your financial statement risk assessment, making sure that you're updating that to include all the risks from external events. We talked about earlier on, we may have changes in people who are executing the controls, and that ultimately is going to change the risks that you would have assigned to some of these processes. Make sure you go back and rethink through some of those, and probably we'll need to continue to rethink them as we go through the year, since we're going to continue to see these turbulent times. I think walkthroughs and tests of design, so what's interesting here is that typically, those of you who have heard me speak before, I would say, gosh, maybe you don't need to do detailed walkthroughs of every single process, given you as the company's SOX function have a pretty good understanding of those processes. But actually, what we're hearing is there's lots of disruption from companies that outsource or using overseas locations, seeing lots of disruption in some of the functions that typically are much more office-based, so accounts payable, accounts receivable, and so on. So it could well be that you really need to go back through and do a good walkthrough and test of design understand what are all the things that got changed during this unusual time and make sure you're thinking through the impact of that. The other thing that is definitely coming towards us is all of us need to figure out how to tighten our belts a little bit and streamline processes and think about how do we reduce costs. Certainly depending on which industry you're in, then this has had, in some cases, has had a very dramatic impact and so we need to look at cost control. Some of the things that we've been talking about are how do we start using workflow tools to really say, how do we streamline the, the overall Fox process? But secondly, one of the things that we've all learned from being work at home is we've got to really move into much more of a virtual environment. We've got to move to much more of electronic documentation, thinking about how that can streamline and reduce some of the costs of delivering on a SOX program. And I think that ultimately we'll see a lot more focus on virtual clothes and moving from manual to online processes. So I'm sure we'll see a lot more use of tools couple of final thoughts here. One is around controlled efficiency evaluation. Like I said, we're going to see a lot more disruption in control. Think through how many deficiencies did we have. Hopefully, a lot of them are relatively short-term, and once we, quote, return to a new normal, we'll be able to solve for that. But trying to keep that log of what are all the changes, where did you end up with segregation of duty conflicts, and think through what is the evaluation of some of those deficiencies so that you deal with them earlier in the year and not dealing with those at the end of the year. And the final piece, as ever, is to make sure that you've got on
ongoing coordination with the external auditors, make sure that you're in lockstep in some of the changes that you had to make, either in an emergency situation or ultimately, you know, looking on the positive side, what are some of the changes that perhaps you've been trying to change the control and everybody was refusing to make a change and now everybody's kind of got renewed interest in moving to a virtual environment. So proving some of those controls to make the best out of the situation. Sue, thank you for being here today and talking our listeners through how SOX functions can provide value and guidance to organizations during this time. If there's a common theme our advisors have offered up across this series, it's about how being proactive is absolutely critical during these days. And it's been really helpful having you offer up some specific action items that can minimize future cost and control implications. To our listeners, thank you for joining us. We'll look forward to bringing you other insights from our KPMG advisors in the next edition of What Now, What Next? In the meantime, you can check out the other podcasts in our series at visit.kpmg.us slash COVID-19. Thank you.